today we're going to be in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 22 through 24. And it says this, The next day the crowd that was left behind realized that there had been only one boat and that Jesus had not gotten into it with, the, with his disciples. They had seen him, they, excuse me, they had seen them go off without him. By now boats from Tiberias had pulled up near where they had eaten the bread, blessed by the master. We'll talk about that later on. So when the crowd realized he was gone and wasn't coming back, they piled into the Tiberius boats and headed for Capernaum looking for Jesus. And so today in our final week, maybe, of our series, Desperation, I want to talk to you from the subject, presence is better than a present. Presence is better than a present. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for today. I thank you. Uh, for just bringing us all here this morning. God, I pray that within the next 25 minutes, God, that you would uh, just speak to our lives. Uh, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so I love my grandparents. I do. And let me tell you why. Well, this is one reason why I love my grandparents is that when I was younger, whenever my sister and I would go to my grandparents' house, every time we would leave, they would give us money. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about like $5, y'all. I'm talking about like they're like sending us home with $50 bills for doing nothing. <laughs> Come on. And so that ruined my work ethic real quick. Um, but, 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 but like they continue this trans, uh, tradition of giving money, but no longer to my sister or myself, but now to my kids. And so whenever my kids go to not even their grandparents, their great grandparents house, when they leave, they get money. And so my kids, they're very bright and, and they understand that if we go to grandma's, we call her Nana. When we go to Nana's house, she will give us money. And, uh, and, and so uh, the other, about a few weeks ago, we, we decided to go to visit uh, Nana and Papa. And I told Sammy, my youngest, he's four, I said, we're going to go to Nana and Papa's house. And he looked at me and he said, money? <laughs> and I said, yes, yes. But, but I told him, I was like, hey, listen here, buddy. Like when we go there, you, you can't just, you can't go up to them and just, and just say money, right? Like you, you have to like hang out with them, smile, you know, the basics. And I get it because when I was younger, like I was all about going there for the money. Now that I'm older, now that they're getting older, I realize like hanging out with them is way more important than the money. But my kid, my, my youngest, my four-year-old, he's still like, he's, he's not even saved yet. So he's still trying to process this, this idea of, 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 of like, ex, like just being there with, with my grandparents. And so we get there. Uh, before we knock on the door, I'm like, hey, Sam, listen, remember, when we get in there, don't ask for money. It's rude, okay? Like, I'm like, don't, don't ask for money, Sam. He said, okay. We get to the door. Y'all know where this is going. He steps one foot in the door. Soon as he does that, he said, money. I said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't spank him. Um, but but he, walk, we walk, he walked in the house, and the first thing he said, money? 
And my grandparents looked at him like, oh, he's so sweet. I'm like, this is not helping, guys. This is not helping. And, uh, and so, like, he, I was like, Sammy, when we left, I, I said, Sammy, I told you not to do that. I said, I said, like, hey, you, you got to learn to, like, hang out with them, like, and, and to be with them. And here, here's why I'm telling you this, not, not to rat out my son or, or to have you pray for him, which you probably should. Um, but, but what I, the reason why I'm sharing this is because I was wondering, I, like, I wonder if a lot of us, when it comes to our relationship with God, we have that same mindset. Let, let me explain. Like, I wonder if we have become more desperate for a present from God rather than the presence of God. Like, like I wonder if, if we have become more desperate with this idea of, of what God can do for me rather than really who God is. Now, so, so when I say present, I'm referring to those, those prayer, those things that you've been praying for God for, right? Those, those blessings, that, that the, the prayer requests that you have, like those things. And then when I'm talking about presence, I'm talking about just the pre- like hanging out with him, hanging out with, with God. Now, I think a great way to gauge this really is to, to if you were to pray for one specific thing for, for a week, a month, maybe a year, maybe multiple years. And if God never answered that prayer in the way that you uh, were expecting him, would you consider those weeks, months, years as a waste of time? Or was it worth it? Like, so, so this morning, I, I want to propose to you this idea that his presence is better than a present. Now, now, I, I want to make sure that you guys don't misunderstand me. I believe that God wants to bless his children. That's what you say, amen. You're like, praise Jesus. Like, I believe God wants to bless his kids. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew 7 and 11, he, he says that you being evil, like, want to give your kids a good gift. Then Jesus goes on and says, how much even more does a good father want to give good gifts to his kids? And so, by all means, I believe that God wants to bless his kids. My heart for today is, is that, we would, uh, that we would address the idea, though, where my motives really are when it comes to, to God. See, my, my concern is that we become so desperate for a present from God that the moment that present doesn't come in the way that we want it to, the way that, it, that we were expecting it to look, like, like the moment that present halts, so does my desire for his presence. And so, so I, like I want us to get to the place where, where we, like whether or not we get that present, that, that answered prayer, like we are less concerned about that and more concerned about just the presence of God, of just being where God is with him, spending time with him. Amen, somebody? And so in John chapter 6, it's really, uh, we, we, we see uh, Jesus' desire for his presence over 
a present. And so uh, a little backdrop of the story, uh, Jesus, he just fed a multitude, thousands and thousands of men and women with a few fish uh, and a few loaves of bread. And word got out. Like when Jesus was doing the miracle, people were like tweeting this. Like they were like, you would not believe, hashtag bless, right? Like, like they were just so amazed at what Jesus did, that word spread. It went around. All of a sudden, people started looking for Jesus. That's what we read in, in John chapter 6. They were looking and searching for Jesus. They looked, they looked high and low for Jesus. They wanted to see and know this Jesus. And if you read it just as it is, you're like, oh, that's very sweet. They're going to, they're going to, to find Jesus. Good job, guys. High five. But as we read a little more, we discover their motives. And so in John chapter 25, excuse me, John chapter 6, verse 25, it says this. When they found him back across the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, you've come looking for me, not because you saw God in me, in my actions, excuse me, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs, in for free. So, so they're searching for Jesus, and they finally find Jesus. They're like, phew, Jesus, it's so good to see you. I've been looking all over for you. And Jesus, his response, rather than being like, high five, you found me. Good job. I'm so proud of you guys. You look so hard. Good job. Oh, it's amazing. Rather than saying that, he says something so crazy. He's like, He's like, you found me, but you weren't looking for me. You were looking for what I can do for you. He said, you weren't looking for me, the God. You were looking for the guy that gave you free bread. You were looking for the God that, that, that multiplied the fish. And, and so, so in Jesus' response, we, we discover three things right off the bat that I think are vital to you and I. The first one is this. My motives matter. Your motives matter. So when you spend time with Jesus in your quiet time, or when, you, when you're like, hey, I can't miss church, I can't miss quiet time, I can't read my Bible, I, I, I got to make sure I'm on my daily devotion. Like, what is your motive for that? Is your motive so other people are like, yo, you're so holy. Oh. Your face is glowing with God's radiation. What? Is that even a thing? I don't know. I know what happened to Moses, but I don't think it was radiation, y'all. Anyways, like what, like what is your motive for those things? Is it, is it truly to like, to, so like you're like, man, like I, I need to make sure uh, I, I have this job interview on Monday. I should probably go to church on Sunday. We don't do that here. It's, I know. And, or, or is it like, man, I just, I, I want to spend, I want to pray. I want to read my Bible. I want to spend time in worship just because I want to be in your presence, God. So my question is like, what is your motive? Your motives matter. Now, that wasn't good enough. Not only do your motives matter, but here's the second thing that we discover. Jesus knows your motives. Jesus knows your motives, y'all. Like, you can fake me all you want on a Sunday morning. You could be as holy as, and I'll be like, ooh, she's so holy. He's so holy. Look at them. 
You can fake out, uh, you can fake out your parents of how holy you are. You can fake out that boyfriend, girlfriend that you just like worshiping, flexing, like, like you can fake them out, but you can't fake Jesus out. Jesus called these guys out. He's like, I know you're, I know why you're here. It's not for me, but it's for what I can do. And so my motives matter. Jesus knows my motives. And, and here's the third thing that we see is Jesus's priority is his presence. His priority is his presence. He's like, you're here for the fish. You're here for the guy that multiplied the fish in the bread. And, but, but I wish you were here for who I am. Is basically what he's telling him. Is what basically what he's telling these people. And and, and so I just I want us, I love putting ourselves in the text, right? And just imagine these people. They're so excited. We found Jesus. And you would think that Jesus would be excited to see them as well. But rather than Jesus congratulating them, he almost rebukes them in that. To which if I'm the people there, I'm like, Jesus, that was rude. Canceled, right? Like, that's so messed up. I, I spent all my day searching for you, and now I found you, and you don't even appreciate it. Like, if I'm in this crowd, that's, that's how I'm feeling. That's what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm thinking. But I believe that Jesus' response was for a reason, because Jesus wanted to help to, to steer the crowd in the right direction, to have the right focus. And so, though Jesus' word seems harsh, he explains his reasoning for it in the very next verse, John 6, verse 27, and he says this. He said, don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. So Jesus, in, in his, his response to like, hey, you aren't looking for me. You're looking for what I can do for you. Jesus' response was rooted behind the fact. He's like, hey, you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. He's like, you're focusing on things that are perishable rather than what is permanent. He, he's, so, so really his heart and his response is, is to really, uh, to help the crowd, to help you, to help me understand what really matters. In fact, one day Jesus, he's talking with his, his disciples in Matthew, the, 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 the gospel of Matthew, and, and he's teaching them and he's talking about like the worries, like this, this worry, like uh, apparently uh, the people that he was speaking to, they were worried about where their food was going to come from, like what, what, where their clothes were going to come from, where their shelter was going to come from. And so Jesus, he addresses these things in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says this. So, 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 so he's, he's setting this up, right? He's letting them know, like, I know you're worried about what you're going to eat. I know what you're worried about what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. He, but then he says this, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
So Jesus, he's teaching them, and he's like, he's like, I know you're I know you're worried. I know that you have needs that you that you have. I know there's things in your life that that you need provision for. And he said, but let, let me help you. Let me help you get to that place. The disciples are like, yes, tell us, Jesus, we want to know. Seek me first. Wait, what? Yeah. Seek, seek me first. No, Jesus, maybe you misunderstood. I didn't say I'm worried about you and me. I'm worried about what I'm going to eat. Jesus is like, yeah, I know. Seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. Seek my righteousness first. Seek my presence first. Jesus, you don't understand. Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, what, what? He said, seek me first. And then all these things. What is Jesus talking about with all these things? Those things that you're worried about. He says, seek me first, then all these things will come. Which tells me that Jesus is more worried about us seeking his presence than, his, than a present. What he can, he's more concerned with our relationship with who he is rather than what he can do or what he's done. For you and for me. And so what I want us to do, uh, yeah, whoa, I'm going good with time, y'all. Praise Jesus. Come on, Applebee's. Um, th <laughs> three things, I want to give you three things Scripture says happens in God's presence. Three things that happens. So, so this idea when Jesus is like, hey, pursue my presence, I'll, like seek my presence first. I want to give you three, three things that we find in Scripture of what is beneficial about just being in God's presence, of pursuing God's presence. And so here's the first one. Number one, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love this. The psalmist is writing, hey, when life stinks, when life gets hard, get into his presence. Which makes no logical sense at all. Because really, it's my natural inclination when things stink to start worrying. How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay this? How am I going to mend this relationship? What am I going to do? The psalmist is like, hey, Get in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. So in his presence, like if I could learn that when life gets rough, to get into his presence, for me, that's turning on worship. If I can learn to get in his presence, there's something that happens. My distraught spirit all of a sudden is full. My, 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 my spirit that feels depleted when I'm in his presence, his joy begins to fill me up. That there's joy in his presence. Like, I can't explain it. Because I said, like I said, it makes no sense. I, like, logically, it makes no sense. And yet, in his presence, 
there is fullness of joy. Now, what we tend to do, what I've tend to do in the past, is my, my, my human inclination is to have fabricated joy. Because fabricated joy is way easier, isn't it? Fabricated joy, whatever, whatever that thing is that, that makes you, when you're stressed and when life stinks, fabricated joy is what, that thing that you go to that just helps put a patch on something. So for some, it's alcohol. For some, it's weed. For some, it's sex. For some, like whatever it is, there's this, there's this thing that we fabricate that, can I say, it works in the moment, but it's not lasting. It works for a season, but it's not permanent. And the psalmist is like, hey, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And his presence lasts. It's not, it's not fleeting. It, it, it doesn't just work for 30 seconds and then you got to refill. His, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Jesus is like, I can give you real joy. Is that good news? I think that's good news. Here's number two. In his presence, I find rest. In his presence, I find rest. Exodus 33, 14. And he, he being God, said, my presence will go with you and will give you rest. My presence will go with you and give you rest. So there's rest in God's presence. Why? Because he goes with us. So like there is rest in God's presence. It says, because he, he will go with me and I will find rest. See, a lot of the times, at least in my life, I don't find rest because I'm always fighting my own battles. Because I'm always trying to fight, like figure out my own situation. I'm always trying to figure out the answers to myself, by myself in my own strength. And God is like, hey, no, in my presence there is rest. That's because I go with you, which implies, man, God, I want your presence with me everywhere I go. God, I, I, don't, want, I don't want to rely on my own strength because when I do that, I'm so stressed out. I'm so anxious. I can become so depressed. God, I just, I need you to come with me, God. I need your presence with me. Because in your presence, I can find rest. And so the third and final thing, we're going to have the keys come up. So we're talking about three things that Scripture says happens in God's presence. And I'm sure there's more, but these are the three that, that I wanted to share this morning. In his presence is fullness of joy. Number two, in his presence, I find rest. And number three, and I love this one. In his presence, I'm perfected. In his presence, I'm perfected. Genesis 3. And they heard, they being Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And so... A little bit of how we got there. This is right after they ate the fruit. They realized that they were butt naked. 
They're like, ah. So they, they uh, make clothes out of an animal. They, 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 they have their own clothes. And then what we just read is that they, they heard the presence of God. They, they heard him walking. His presence was, was, was there in the garden. And, and the text says that when they heard him, they hid. When, when they heard him, when, when they realized his presence was there, they hid. Why did they hide? Because they realized what they did. I need God's presence because every now and again, I need him to shed light on my darkness. Every now and again, I need to spend time in God's presence because I need him to adjust things in my life that I thought were perfect. I need to be able to go into God's presence because I need him to reveal things in my heart that I've suppressed, that I've pushed down, that I thought was gone, but it's still veering its little head. The other day, the other day I was, um, I was doing my quiet time, right? And I was just, I had my worship on. And God, I felt like God was like, not audibly in my heart, I felt like he was like, hey, you still haven't dealt with that anger issue. It's like, no, I have. No, you haven't. And then I found myself getting angry. Like, no, I really, like, okay, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe there's something to what you're saying, God. But like, I, I need God's presence to shine light on, on, on hidden places in my heart. That he, that he wants to, he wants to work on, and he wants to mold, and he wants to shape, and he wants to become better. Like Jesus is that friend that when you go out to lunch with, and you're chomping on your kale salad because we all love kale, <laughs> with with lemon, so good, and a Perrier water right? Like, who are you, John? <laughs> uh, or, or you're eating your Mexican pizza. Hey, I've had five already, and they just came back Thursday. So that's not my message. So, so like, Jesus is like that friend. His presence is like the friend that when you're eating lunch and you got some, some kale stuck in your teeth, you know, like, I know you're my friend when you're like, hey, John, you, you got something in your teeth. Like, I can't stand the ones that don't say anything. Right? So, so, so I'm, I'm eating lunch. with per They don't go to the church. Don't worry. Okay? And I'm eating lunch. And, and like, I'm smi I love smiling. So I'm just smiling, you know, like, just agreeing. Like, and... Uh, and I get to my car, and I forgot what I was doing, but like I, I caught a glimpse in the mirror, and I had like this giant, like piece of lettuce, just stuck, right? Like it wasn't even hidden. Like he was just like right there. It's like this thing was like right. And I was like, what? I was, I had like a whole hour and a half lunch with this guy and. 
And I had it there the whole time. Now, I can't say the motives for why this guy didn't tell me, but I do understand this. Not everybody has my best interest in mind. Not everybody has your best interests in mind. Some people like the salad in your teeth. Some people like the salad in your teeth because it reminds them that they're better than you. Because they don't want you to elevate. They don't want you to get to the place that God has for you. So they're like, hey, I don't see nothing. Are you sure? Yeah, nothing. You're good. That's why I got to get in God's presence. Where God's like, hey, you got salad in your teeth. Come on, God's presence. They said, they said, Jesus, we found you. Jesus' heart was like, you, you were searching for the wrong thing. Stop searching for what I can do for you. Pursue me. Pursue my presence.